I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson on KSL News Radio. Welcome back, everyone. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on a Thursday as we continue our conversation. Uh, very pleased to be joined now by Jeremy Roberts. Uh, Jeremy is just one of the great souls. Uh, we call we often call him either the favorite son of Utah or Utah's man of mystery. Or the guy I'm so jealous of because he goes to about 27 college football games every year without me. Uh, but he's actually one who's a, a great advocate and who brings people from all points of the political compass together to have important conversations. And uh, Jeremy, I know you are traveling once again, uh, but thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today. Absolutely. Thank you very much for having me on board. All right. So obviously, it's it's been a week of uh, of mass shootings, of gun violence in America. You've been very involved in terms of of guns. You're a you're a pro Second Amendment person, and uh, you're taking some really important action with people like Representative King and uh, Representative Elison and and Handy and others uh, to to take some positive steps. What should we be thinking about? Um, in the aftermath of yet another uh, violent shooting uh, in Ohio and in Texas. Okay, so for a second, we need to we need to differentiate two things. There's gun violence, and then there's a thing that's called rampage violence. Okay, mm-hmm. in Utah, gun violence about eighty five percent of our deaths in Utah are suicides by firearm. And Representative King, who I, I'm a huge fan of, I think he is truly one of the great souls in our state. And we're lucky to have him. He and I worked together to pass a bill uh, that I, I know you talked about, and it gave us information that we never had before about suicide in Utah, and we've crafted legislation off of the data. But that's the bulk of our firearm suicides, mm-hmm. 85% of them. The rest of them really are domestic violence, and we have very little domestic violence murder, but what murder we have is generally tied to domestic violence. We have, it is almost uh, unheard of, to have a stranger kill somebody else in Utah. It's just, it rarely happens. As a matter of fact, in the study, they couldn't find a single example of a stranger murdering a child. Mm. That's, that's, that's good. But the sad thing is, is that, you know, all these kids have been caught stranger danger, and the threat of violence is actually in the home. And that's something that we're addressing. And I've been working with Representative Sue Duckworth, uh, also with Angela Romero, who's phenomenal on, on uh, domestic violence issues. And so we're really looking at ways to curb that. Nationally, the numbers are a little bit different. Right. Um, about two out of two out of every three uh, gun deaths in America is a suicide, and then we have a huge problem with inner city violence. 
And the statistics are really interesting. So 78% of all people who are white, uh, when they die of gun violence, it's a suicide. But 82% of African Americans who die to gun violence, it's a homicide. Mm. And so there's two different things going on. And we really need to truly believe the mantra that Black Lives Matter. We need to help these kids in inner cities. And the bulk of mass shootings are gang violence-related issues across the country. Now, that said, that's gun violence. And by the way, I think our legislature and our governor, specifically our attorney general and also our lieutenant governor, need to be recognized for how hard they've been working on these issues. Yes. Um, Steve and Daniel specifically have been, have been tackling uh, suicide and gun violence we're addressing. Now, there's something else that's called rampage violence. And I think the problem we've had for so long is we've responded to, to rampage violence as a gun issue. And there's a really good piece that hopefully everyone can read from the National Institutes of Health, and it's called that Rampage Violence Requires a New Type of Research. And there's a line in there that's very telling, and in it it says that either rampage violence is unpredictable and unpreventable, or our response to it has been inadequate. Mm. And I'm of the belief that this is preventable. I'm of the belief that it is something we can predict. I just think that our response to it has been terrible. And again, the reason why it's like, for example, red flag laws, as an example, you brought them up, they've been shown to reduce in some ways suicide. In some states, it looks like they are reducing suicide. Mm-hmm. We need to have that conversation. Right. In Connecticut, it reduced suicide by a little over a percent, but the problem is people use other methods to kill themselves. So it, it's a catch-22. Now, that's not across the, the board and each state's having different reactions to them. Right. There's very little evidence to show that red flag logs are anything that will help us with these mass shootings. We hear about a lot of people call for background checks with these mass shootings. Well, here's part of the problem. They're passing background checks. So whether you're pro-expansion of background checks or not, we all need to agree that the people who are doing these mass shootings aren't previous criminals. They're not people who are failing background checks. So why is our response background checks? Again, if we want background checks for another reason, fine, we can have that conversation. Yeah. But it makes almost zero sense to have that response to mass shootings. Yeah. That's and let not me, a problem. Yeah. Let, let, let me jump in here real quick, uh, Jeremy. And again, if you're just joining us, we have Jeremy Roberts on the line. And, and one of the things that I really appreciate about your approach to all of these things is that you, you always allow the data uh, to drive to the proper solution. And, and I think this is an important thing for us uh, to to go down. We, we talked with Scott Rasmussen yesterday, even just in terms of, of opinion and sentiment around the country. And while nine out of 10 of Americans think, yes, let's, let's do better background checks, let's do red flag laws, uh, there's only about a third of the country think that those will do anything to impact these these mass shootings, this this big violence. Um, and so I appreciate the fact that you you raise that that yes, we can do that, and uh, it also gets to what you talked about earlier, Jeremy, and that is that uh, these are either preventable or our response is is just completely lacking leadership and is totally inadequate. Well, like an example, President Obama, who, by the way, he wasn't a great offender of the Second Amendment. People who are conservative and pro-Second Amendment have nothing to fear from President Obama. He didn't do anything on the issue. Right. I kind of wish he would have, but done something right. He focused so much on the gun show loophole. We've all heard the gun show loophole. 
Well, then we look at the data, and the FBI tells us that less than 4% of all firearms used in a crime was purchased at a gun show, and almost all of those had background checks. Well, okay, we can focus on the gun show loophole, Yeah. but statistics tells us that's not the problem. <laughs> and not only that, specifically for inner-city violence, where most of our gun homicides are happening, and domestic violence, I don't know how you get gangs, when they do the illegal gun trade that they're involved in, to first do background checks before they sell the guns to do a drive-by shooting. I, right. don't, I don't know how you get you get their buy-in. Yeah, and so, I do I do think it's it's important too, Jeremy, that uh, that we look at this from the context of yeah, we we can do legislation, we can do some of these things, uh, but there are a host of other things that have to be done. Uh, that uh, it's it's easy to do the thing that's measurable, pass the bill, institute the new regulation. Uh, those are easy, and I, I think for some it, it makes us feel better that we are doing something. Uh, but to me, I think unless we really get to the what are we doing and why and what else is there, are we willing to have the fatherlessness in America conversation? Are we willing to have real data come out in terms of video games and, and movies and so on? Uh, again, because we, we don't have enough data to really pull it all the way out. Uh, we, we've got about a minute left, Jeremy. Uh, and this is obviously a long conversation that will lead us all the way to and through the uh, next legislative s- session here in the state of Utah. Uh, give us one quick thing uh, that we should be thinking about uh, in the days ahead before we get to the next round of the legislature. So Representative Susan Pulsifer, who is a gem, she's really a treasure for our state of Utah, is carrying a bill, um, and she carried it last session, but we're going to have to bring it back this session uh, to do the research to actually discover the pathology of these mass shootings. And by the way, they're not just shootings. I mean, yesterday in Santa Ana, we had a Hispanic guy who stabbed and killed four people and two more were Right, right. So it's, it, and by the way, that's not me trying to, like, get away from the, the gun violence issue. I, I'm, I'm already involved in the gun violence issue. But rampage violence doesn't care what weapon it is. Right. But there's a pathology issue that we've got to discover, and getting the right scientists the right researchers together to get the pathology because right now our FBI can't even uh, come up with uh, any anything to identify and profile who these potential mass shooters are. I mean, we've got people who are liberal, conservative. Some are white, some are not. Some are conservative, some are not. White supremacy, which is evil, um, is an issue in some, and others it isn't. Racism's involved in it, and it's just all over the place. Yeah. And you know, the only common denominator typically tends to be men. Um, but, you know, we need, to, we need to really understand what we're dealing with to do it. And while I think that doesn't mean we don't do anything in the interim, I think, you know, we, we really need to compel our elected officials yes. to get the studies done awesome. to know exactly how to respond. Fantastic. Jeremy Roberts, thanks so much for uh, carving out some time for us. A great insight, as always. We'll continue this conversation. Perfect. Talk to you soon. Thank you very much. Bye. All right. That's uh, Jeremy Roberts uh, talking about some important data points we got to get to in order to solve the problems. All right. Time to step aside. This is Boyd Matheson, opinion editor at the Deseret News. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources. Stay with us. One more hour to go.